Shut up, I love it. Welcome everyone to your podcast hosted by Sasha Felanius and Joe Cabalanus. Shut up, I love it. I am uh, Joe Cabalanus, as <laughs> we just heard, and I'm here with my co-host Sasha Felanius. Felanius is here, right here, waiting, excited for this episode. This is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a guest, maybe a returning guest, to talk about something <laughs> underrated. Maybe. <laughs> it's allowed. All right. There's some rules. This is one of them. You can bring the person again. Tease, yeah. You can bring him back. Um, talk about something underrated, underappreciated, underloved, forgotten, etc. You fill in the blanks. Joining us today, he is an improviser and comedy writer. He's a connoisseur of all things fantasy and sci-fi, which is very important for today's topic. Welcome, Jonathan McDonald. Hello, thanks so much for having me back. Welcome. After a grand adventure in fantasy land, we find ourselves somewhere else, <laughs> don't we? We have to add the, the compliment, yeah. I don't hold this movie in as high regard as Willow, but I think it's more criminally underrated. Oh, wow. That's like gonna, that's like the advertisement uh, <laughs> clip that we're going to use to tease this episode. And we're everybody already to really cry. excited. Yeah, everybody's already really excited. We've teased them about so much, maybe a returning guest, and guess what? We delivered. <laughs> and now we tease well, them with this. Your intro was so good. People are like, what? what's with the names? What's with the, like, the, is it a Tim Curry impression? We don't know yet. <laughs> I don't even know. Still working on it. So why don't you tell us, what are you here to shut up I love? I'm here to tell you to shut up because I love Gentleman Broncos, the Jared Hess film from 2009. Oh and my. And, and what? Jerusha. And Jerusha, yes. Jerusha, she, she well. was part of it. Which yeah. is the only you, Jerusha that I've ever heard of. Like, what a great name. Same. Is that Jerusha Hess? Yeah. There's a character on Superstore. Her name is Jerusha. But other than that, this is it. So anyway, that was a little small tangent. Um, let's go back to it. So wow, what? How do we know these directors? What is the? Why do we care? Yeah, um, I think his probably most popular movie has got to be uh, Napoleon Dynamite, right? I mean, every meeting they go to—that's what everybody says. Love Napoleon Dynamite. You know, it's still every meeting they go to. Oh that's yeah. yeah. I, at first, second, when you said every meeting, I was like, "Every meeting you're in? Are you two doing <laughs> meetings together that I am unaware of?" With but yes, him, I see. Yes, <laughs> all of the Hess meetings are definitely that, and they probably haven't even seen it. They're like, "Love Napoleon Dynamite." <laughs> haven't seen it yet, but love it. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of uh, Hesses, I have a great friend, Larry Hess, which I'm now very interested if he's related or not. So, Larry, if you're listening, if you're a fan of the show, let me know. So just let me know. Anyway, back. I'm just going to be here for tangents. Back. back <laughs> and to the reaching topic. out to old friends. Uh, we'll see how successful that you is. You know, email exists, right, Shasha? Like you, can, you don't have to use the podcast. Uh, yeah. I, I, once, I'm, once I'm done with the city, I don't keep in touch with anybody. Just random Explain. broadcasts that get sent out like we do with the aliens, hoping that someday they'll return the message. Message in a bottle, basically. Yeah. Uh, so this, um, yeah, people mostly with Jared Hess, I think, either know Napoleon Dynamite or they know Nacho Libre. But if they know Nacho yeah. Libre, they don't know Jared Hess. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, interesting. It kind of does. You know, like uh, people kids. might all 
kids. They might recognize stuff. him from uh, Blades of Glory. Right. Mm. He didn't really, I mean, he's just the acted in it. He didn't write it or anything, but mm-hmm. it's, it's like his second biggest face role, probably. Yeah, that's probably true, although kind of a dud, critically. Yeah. And otherwise. I'm not a fan of that one. Um, and I think these, it's important to talk about these other movies for this movie. Um, because, well, I don't, I won't get into why I think that's because. In fact, I want to ask you first, why did you bring this movie onto the show? Uh, what kind of category does it fit into you? Yeah. Well, so I guess, uh, I think it's important to mention, um, Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre, because I feel like this is the third in an unofficial trilogy of movies that are like aggressively awkward and quirky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, there's, there's slow style to them. It's almost like, if Wes Anderson was like 14 <laughs> and made these movies and an only child looking yeah, for yeah, a lot of, a lot of um, stuff they should probably talk to a therapist about <laughs> homeschooled after homeschooled, watching Eurovision yeah. which is another film that's sort of similar even though much bigger budget etc on Netflix I love it everybody hates it I like that film yeah but again my tension is done coming back to the <laughs> main topic so, so it's a trilogy what, it's a trilogy. I mean, I don't think officially is. I just no, in my no. head, yeah. Tonally, tonally, it's yeah. a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and and uh, I'm reminded of it recently because similar to my Willow story, uh, my roommates in college, I showed them this film, and they did not like it either. And I was at a like a housewarming party recently, two and they reminded me about it. <laughs> These two guys, and then another guy from college, different person though, mm. uh, who I'm normally very much in sync with. This person, they hate this film like they won't even talk to me about it really because they find um they find the portrayal of the author uh uh clement's character so similar to like i I think isaac asimov or something like it's insulting to to isaac asimov or like something like is it like i don't i mean maybe but i don't know interesting because it's (laughs) it is based off an author but not asimov (laughs) It's, Which uh, maybe I had the name wrong. Who is it? Um, gosh, I'll look it up as we we continue to chat. It's someone here, from that era, though, like Heinlein or or you think you think it's Bradbury, Bradbury or something. Yeah, it had yeah. a Bradbury vibe to me, but like Bradbury was prolific and great. This dude, this character is yeah. Shit. It's someone smaller Actually, from what I from not even mm. knowing a Utah based science fiction fantasy writer, Dave Farland. Who also mm. writes under the name Dave Wolverton and com- conducts popular <laughs> novel writing workshops and center, uh, seminars. Ooh. The Yeast Lords is a, a takeoff of his popular and best-selling book, The Rune Lords. Wow! This is like this is like I watched uh, The Bride of Frankenstein for the first time ever, and I didn't realize how much Young Frankenstein is a shot-for-shot parody of it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of respect it less for that. This is that now. It's like, oh, this is less creative. It's just parodying a specific thing more okay. than I thought it was. No, a good parody is pretty <laughs> sure. masterful. Like a good parody. Parodies is are my favorite. And that's what we do. We we take what we've actually seen and what we know and blow it out. And I think he is kind of an archetype. Not a mm-hmm. super common one, but he is one to where even we were thinking, oh, is he uh, taking off Isaac Asimov? You could see totally. Isaac Asimov uh, being that Shout way, out, possibly. Way. Not to disparage <laughs> the name. I'm going to have all the people, hey, how dare you say that about our Come king? At, please add us. Like, we're, we're ready for getting ads. <laughs> we don't us. get enough ads. Uh, we would, we would love some more, angry or otherwise. 
Uh, so continue on. You have bad luck with m- showing people movies, period, from what I know of you. And this I one, with people with no taste. Everybody hated it. You must have learned something about what why this movie doesn't yeah. land. So I have to say, almost all of the negative criticism this movie receives, I totally get it. I think it's correct and accurate. I just don't think that the good bits are as applauded as they should be. Mm. The bad bits okay. are bad. The good bits all are right. a little First of overlooked. All, rotten tomatoes. Let's check in with our tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes. Tomatoes are saying nineteen percent, which is very low. This is that very was surprising low. to me. I thought it'd be at least like forty or fifty percent. Like whenever you get into like below twenty, this is like really a flop. Of comedies like just, too. Comedies, because it just means then it's not funny. You know, but we'll get into yeah. a little bit of that. Of so let's hear what's bad about it that your your people are complaining, Jonathan, and that you for some reason agree that you brought this topic on today's podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I watched it. I finished watching this movie an hour ago for the first mm, time fresh. in probably close to nine years. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I was reminded. Oh yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff I forgot about. Um, just a lot of uh, I don't know, like potty humor, I guess, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. and. Weird, like, they're not even innuendos, just weird sexual stuff that mm-hmm. is, more, like, to, oh, I wrote it down. What's, what's the quote from the film? He's talking about his scripts. Most people get sicked out and stop reading. I feel like it probably happened with most people watching this film. It's like, this is gross, because mm-hmm. there's, like, they're talking about um, removing a guy's testicles or whatever. Or, like, uh, the snake just taking a huge <laughs> dump on that yes. guy's shoulder. Yes, <laughs> Which that is great. was, yeah, that was the snake taking I laughed at that shit one still. Uh, all over a guy's shoulder. <laughs> Uh, which makes me like be very curious about a snake's anatom- anatomy <laughs> and how it works. And then also like a person throwing up and then another person making out with Kissing them. And both them. of them standing covered and throw up. And, and you're not, yeah, you're not sure if she's going to throw up too. <laughs> There's a moment where you're like, okay, is this going to be that? Um, and before we get too much into these specifics, I think, uh, yeah, the the summary of really why this this is a shut up. I love a topic is because it is a bad movie. And I don't, I say that just as what is yeah. in the zeitgeist yeah. of what people's mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, Sasha, was this movie on your radar before this episode or have you ever seen? No, it? no. What about you? <laughs> just a <laughs> sharp. No, <laughs> um, it actually was. I saw this when it came out. Uh, I've seen it several times since then. Wow, and much more often than Jonathan. Yeah, I've seen it more than I mean, you. I've seen it like five or six times total. Oh. But <laughs> wow, there was stacked those first few times. Uh, I know within people, a short, have to see short this. period of time. It, it's so bad. It was only a DVD release, so I had to take the DVD around and Dude, just show people. Obama this film. was president. It was a different time. <laughs> Everybody was doing whatever they wanted. It's so weird to think this movie came out the same year as Moon, which is right. like Sam Rockwell right. and like we'll one talk. of the best we'll sci-fi movies about of Sam all time. Rockwell. Okay. Back to Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is kind of Sorry, a, yeah. the parallels there. Probably the same <laughs> sets. But um, the yeah, so I've watched this so many times because uh, I keep wanting to like it more than I do. That's why I've wow. watched it so many times. And every time I'll usually like watch it to show somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, who hasn't seen it and i'm like okay i will like this your roommates from college and, uh, things that, yeah <laughs> jonathan's roommates too i'm like hey i got the real <laughs> shit and they're like we've seen this <laughs> uh but it just it ne- i can never quite click with it and that's been uh, my history with it although i think i also keep going back to it because there are so many great parts 
Yes. You know, there's like the snake shitting. The snake shitting is like an all timer. Uh, sh- the Chevalier character alone mm. is like worth any scene. Jermaine Clemenson mm-hmm. is worth watching the movie for. I think it's uh, Oscar winning performance. Worthy of it. If there was such a thing for this. <laughs> if it ever had a chance. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fucking brilliant. I think it's so specific and thoughtful. And like, just when he, even if he's like, suppressing a burp i'm like that's what those people do they suppress the burp as they talk they suppress so much ah i have been to author panels like oh yeah i've seen this guy talk before exactly Mm -hmm. so specific so specific like it's not broad at all and an idiot but really feeling so uh higher than everybody Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he has just, he's always adding really good things to the end of his sentences, like saying, I go with Traginus every time. <laughs> what do you mean, every time? <laughs> like, by far, the best sentence I've ever written was, oh, what was it? Like, <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but it's like, you know, her mammary cannons. No, she said, <clears throat> that's not a wart. That's the vice chancellor of the galaxy. Now let me in. <laughs> so nerdy. I mean, this is like being in the robot chicken writer's room all over again. I mean, this is very nerdy. Um, let's just quickly give a log line for people, like in case they haven't seen the movie, just so people can at least like like follow yeah. this conversation. Yeah. Um, homeschool kid writes a sci-fi book that gets stolen by a famous author. And what? And at the same true. time, there's another story is going on. The, right? the, the like, B plot. Yeah, is he, is, is it gets uh, is he gets he he sells it but doesn't make any money because it's a fake check basically uh, to like an indie like studio to try and make like a like a very indie um, very, very like yeah, like a yeah, B kind of rewind sweeting. guys almost yeah yeah exactly yes exactly sweeting and but like as that logline you said is correct but it also like the movie even at a brisk hour and a half doesn't <laughs> feel like it's even about that whatsoever <laughs> like. I was watching it this, uh, whatever, millionth time, and then I checked the timestamp, and I'm like, wait, we're in the third act, it's like the last 30 or 20 minutes of the movie, <laughs> and like, I feel like nothing has really happened. He's just there... now finding out about the thing, mm-hmm. the theft. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Like, it's a lot of like, for lack of a better word, like, world building, like, it was like character insightful moments. They don't really move the plot forward per se. Like, oh yeah, we're going to spend like five or ten minutes here with his mom, like designing clothes or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's not important, but it's kind of fun and quirky to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the blowing on the also, neck. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <Ooh>. <laughs> that character, <laughs> that actor, what's his name? Uh, his mouth is so distinct. He oh, should get like yeah. a, a word for mouth dude. acting. Yeah, that dude. Um, Don't know his name, but like, up. yeah, so he. Is like the most Hector broad character. Jimenez. What's his name? Hector Jimenez is the actor. There you go, Hector Jimenez. But like he is doing like a very broad character, and it's almost it's at times. I mean, I don't know about the orientation of this of this actor, but there's like a lot of homophobic moments in this movie. Like like vaguely. It didn't um, age as well as I no, anticipated. <laughs> T word for um, that you don't want to use for a transsexual, uh, and then and then like and. But, you know, but it's the, oh, here's the thing. I'm going to spill this out right away. The, I think that the problem and the reason people don't like this movie, and we'll find out how I feel about it later. Big, big <laughs> suspense. Uh, but no, but it's 2009 movie that feels like a 2000 movie. Like, it just feels like mm. that humor would have maybe been like, okay, 10 years before. 
Um, or like uh, six or five years before, because I think um, Napoleon Dynamite was 2004. I think mm. if this movie yeah. came out a year after Napoleon Dynamite, then this could have been something people Pre-Obama. really enjoyed a lot more. Yeah, before yeah, Obama ruined everything. Post 9-11 and then before <laughs> Obama ruined everything. When comedy was real. <laughs> you know? Because, I don't know, whatever. But So that character's portrayal, uh, actor Jimenez's portrayal of what I think is a gay person, is a little like so much that you're like, whoa, um, is it being caricature like of that? So there's like those cringy moments that I was like not fully on board with. I don't yeah. know if anybody felt that. I, Sounds I, like you I did. think the movie could, I think its problem is that you don't really know what it is, even at that like short hour and a half. Sure. Because it is brilliant in that you see the, uh, what is it, the Broncos, the, the main fictional All character. You see flashes the flashes into the yeast lords. Yeah, the yeast lords. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. The three different stories. You see the kids' interpretation, the main characters. You see Chevalier's interpretation. And then you see the Sweeting interpretation. And that's all really cool. But that doesn't get enough time to breathe, really. And neither does the main storyline. I think if this was two and a half, six hours even, <laughs> if it was uh, just a little Netflix bit longer. Netflix miniseries. It's a miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. If it was like if the I- It miniseries, as long as that, or maybe The Stand, uh, several three-hour mm. parts. That or would at least be Queen's Gambit. Shut up. I hate it. <laughs> anyway. Don't worry. I haven't watched it. <laughs> but yeah, I think if it was longer, then the... Um, Yeast Lord's story could actually have more impact with the main story. Um, it does t- to a degree, but it, it all just feels incredibly surface level. I think it, it could be cooler. It's too bad because, like, in the beginning, they, they really, like, shove it in your face, like, oh, this character's he's your dad. And then they don't really capitalize on they that. Don't like, do nothing that. from the story really is, like, he doesn't act dad-like or anything. <laughs> he does get his balls at the end. Um, which true. is, I do like that he just goes, balls out, no pun intended, attacks the guy who tried to come onto his mother, gets shot at, and then defeats him with blow darts. And still poop, doesn't poop, stop. Blow darts. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> awful. Makes my skin crawl. And then goes and uh, beats up Chevalier. How do we feel about uh, performances? So not just like the characters. Right? We spoke about Hector Jimenez's uh, performance. We spoke about Germaine's performance. How do we feel about the main character? And the actor. Hmm. Whatever his name is. Anthony Guarano or something. Angonaro. I wrote it down. Uh, Michael uh, Art Angarano. 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 Gina Carano. (laughs) How Um, do we feel about the dude? It's hard to... I think in this movie specifically, it's hard to separate the actor from the director, I feel like he was probably very heavily directed in that Jared Hess style. And I think he probably did exactly what Jared Hess wanted. So he comes off as being very awkward. Uh, it's, um, I don't think he talks really like for the first eight minutes of the film, it's just kind of him. there, like looking like shoulders slumped and glum while it's like stuff just happens to him. Stuff and- happens to him a lot. He's very, he's very much just taking, he just has to eat shit for the whole movie. Basically. And things happen to him, which, of course, is not a very active character, which, of course, is a problem with the protagonist. 
Yes. <laughs> like even when he finds out that his book is was stolen and made into like actual book, that his work was made into a book, like he kind of just walks. I mean, I don't know. He just like walks away. Like that's his reaction. If, He's like, oh, if he fuck. hadn't snapped with that um, gun shootout scene, he would not have confronted Chevalier. Probably he would just been like, oh, that sucks. So what is that gun shooting scene? Right, that's something that was not <laughs> teased at all. It just pops in randomly. Well, it's no, weird. he got it's, his he got his uh, mojo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I th- I guess it. The scene itself feels really out of place. They did, they did need an excuse to like have him be angry, I guess. But I think he could. You could have just gone from him seeing the book in the bookstore to him being angry. But this is them kind of maybe wrapping up that C plot of his mom with the clothing store. Um, yeah, it's right. not. She's trying to like, sell her clothes. It's not great, but it's like as no. much as the movie gives you as far as yeah. the main character experiencing anything, any emotion, and doing something. So for that, yeah. it's good. It probably belongs earlier in the movie. Because, <laughs> yeah, he is just skating by. Things are happening. He's just part of the film being like, this isn't very good. Not making <laughs> any choice of it. So that does suck. And I think he's good for that awkward style, but not the Jared Hess awkward style. Because mm. you see um, the uh, I've got Jimenez. Hector yeah. Jimenez. Yeah, Hector Jimenez. Uh, he's just a whole different color. You have Chevalier's a whole different color. Even the girl is pl- doing this whole. Jennifer Coolidge. This, uh, oh no. The, uh, well, Jennifer uh, Coolidge, girl. absolutely. Yeah. But the um, yeah. she's crushing it. The mm-hmm. the kissing girl is Tabitha. even doing Tabitha. a very Tabitha. yeah specific palette, and then his just seems a little bit like the not quite weird enough. Mm-hmm. Like no, he's not naturally, he's That's naturally true. not weird enough. I think his best scene is when we see the trailer of the Swede people, where he's like in the in the coveralls, like being like the, the staple hand guy, and he's supposed to be kind of awkward. Uh, other than that, he's just boring. Yeah, he's very much that like uh, so boring we can place ourselves into him. Yeah, I did enjoy his the little like just like thoughts. I, I could see, like, the acting was good, though, on his part. Like, he like, was really, like, thinking all those thoughts of, like, holy shit, what the fuck is my mom going to ask me to do now? <laughs> like, oh, my God, I have to, like, wear this nightgown that she, saw, like, made. Like, it was it was the whole time, like, I could just, like, read his thoughts on his face, which I thought was really good acting. Again, I think it's just he wasn't written, like, a strong enough protagonist. That's true. There's not a lot for him to do except to just react, be like, what the fuck is happening? And we don't want that. We don't want, like, he's a good actor, but that doesn't mean he fits to me. Sure. Like, yeah. uh, it's just I definitely not want, be the case. I wanted to see him react more. Because, like, he's, like, Tabitha just uses him so hard. And he never mm-hmm. really gets angry with her at any point. Uh, and, like, even, like, in the... Um, like when he sees Chevalier in like the writer's the, the the seminar room, like later on he's like, yeah, I think he's kind of full of himself. But like we don't really get any indication of that beforehand. Like as far as we know, he's still like, this is exactly what I wanted. He's my hero. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a little bit of tell don't show kind of stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. Like he changes his mind. Like he's so grounded, the protagonist, that he changes his mind really quickly from loving Chevalier to being like, oh, he's kind of full of them of himself. Which is like, I, okay, well, like yeah, no, he is, but. Isn't it would be cool that you were still into him? <laughs> like, wouldn't stakes be higher if he was super into him still? And then that guy steals his work. And then 
wouldn't be cool if he was really in love. Um, Benji is the name of the protagonist. Benji. It wouldn't be cool if Benji was in love with Tabitha. But except that kissing vomit scene, there's not like really chemistry between either of them, right? I mean, is I, there? I, I, I don't think there's chemistry even in that scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's her just using him again. <laughs> that's not not the scene for chemistry. Uh, well, wouldn't it be cool there's if no he was super period. into her? Super into yes, her. you're right. Like I agree. he's super into her. Thinks she's the hottest girl. And so then when oh no, she is part of those people who be- betray him and give him the check that postmark for next year and it's not going to be cashed you can't cash it so like wouldn't it be crazier stakes and it'll be a lot more going on um in his emotional universe but it's no he doesn't really care like he's just been like beaten so much by this <laughs> strangeness of this world and he's been eating so much shit that like he's barely barely like moved on to feel feelings it feels like yeah, which is so opposite of uh, Napoleon Dynamite, where even though you had characters who were very deadpan, they did have moments of outbursts, and even when they were deadpan, they were like, "I hate you," and running away, and you could you mm-hmm. felt that they did get hurt, and that's why they were doing that. I think that's kind of why I I, I very loosely assume mentioned uh, like Wes Anderson in this because I feel like a lot of Anderson films people with this kind of deadpan state like I hate you right now and then it's like slide out of camera <laughs> like, shut up, shut up I don't love Wes Anderson oh my god I'm not a I'm not a big Wes Anderson fan I might even do a shut up I hate Wes Anderson <laughs> at some point in my life uh so yeah I, think I, I think, like okay. most of it mm-hmm. I don't know love those symmet- symmetry symmetry in the yeah shots. loved love the symmetry I'm not even. I like Goldblum. Yeah, I think those are cool, but there's a lot I just don't like about what he does. But this isn't about him. It's no. not about him at all. But yeah, there are so much, so many similarities to their, um, the acting style that, that these two directors push, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it seems to have the acting style bled into the writing, at the in this mm-hmm. case, and I think that can happen when you have an aesthetic that's so strong that you forget what was underneath that aesthetic. Mm. In the case of Napoleon Dynamite, there was a lot. I think that movie does hold up still, even though it might be a little cringy as far as the humor, because that humor, it basically had a hot topification happen to it, which is, you know, when something mm. gets gets so popular that there are a million T-shirts of it, lunchboxes, and it right. was all like the, the nerdy cool that. people. Yeah, vote for Pedro. Mm-hmm. And totally. now we have the Etsyfication of things instead of the hot topification. <laughs> but this mm-hmm. was suffering. Uh, A red or, bubbleification too, just to put it on. <laughs> <out. laughs> Look out for the red bubbleification, everybody. Um, but I think the Napoleon Dynamite still has a little bit of that, but holds up. While this mm-hmm. movie has that uh, feeling and story-wise emotion-wise doesn't hold up mm-hmm. well we'll we'll be i'll be the judge of how i feel about that no i'm telling you <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's fact i mean i think it's interesting because this movie was just basically written with a, a reactive protagonist with no goal like no clear goal like what is his goal really like there's no goal he doesn't want to get the girl he doesn't want to get published like he wants to in theory but nothing happens and then um like these movie within the movie which is in itself usually often is a disaster often yeah. but it's like a space created for the characters to be fun and so the scenes where i think this movie really succeeds 
is where that is what's happening. We just stay on the one single shot of Jermaine doing his thing, being Chevalier. And like, I just like fucking love that. Like, that's the best part of this movie where we just <laughs> don't even worry about the funnest story. Yeah. We mm-hmm. don't even cut anywhere. We don't need to. It, we just want to watch this dude. Yeah. If I was making my, like, you're going to rewatch this cut, it would just be Jermaine Clement and uh, Sam Rockwell. That'd be the whole movie. Well, let's talk about Sam Rockwell, right? So it was hard to recognize him for a minute for me because <laughs> he had a lot of makeup. Hair, he was playing yeah. one of the well, he was playing playing the protagonist in one of the films in one of the Yeast Lords. Yeah, East Lords versions. Mm-hmm. And he was also yeah, he's in East Lords and he was in the was it Brutus and Balzac version. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, Which where he's a Chevalier's take on it. Yeah. Right. That's the part that aged, I think, the worst was the Bruce and Balzac yeah. part. But when I saw it in 2009, it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, Obama was president. Nobody cared. <laughs> People were out of control. Regressive society. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that reminds me. A big... A big, for some reason, one thing that gets identified a lot by people who don't like this film is flesh pockets. People do not like the flesh oh, pocket scene yes. specifically. So can you explain <laughs> what flesh pocket is? There's just a scene in the in the sci-fi version of the story where um, there's like a close up shot of a person's basically belly button, and they stick their fingers into like their love handle and they pull out like a jar this huge like yeah. mason jar of nards in right? a flesh pocket <laughs> what's not to love about it it's i love great. it <laughs> it's great people just get gross those people Especially don't, like, I think don't like the horror. jar is also like a testicle I mean, right oh right there's a there's a lot of testicles like <laughs> like on display yeah yeah and they have weird like i is yeast, like, so pudding is apparently a word for a testicle, which I didn't know. And also the yeast, it wasn't clear to me if that was, like, a testicle or not. Because at one point he eats, like, it looks like a, a cow pie, but he calls it a yeast. And the, the, the vocabulary is a little unclear to me. Which yeah. happens a lot. It's almost like L. Ron Hubbard wrote, wrote this. Oh, sure. <laughs> Creator of Scientology, like, founder of Scientology. Like, it's almost like he wrote this uh, movie, The Yeast Lords. Because it's like a lot of things is just wacky. Uh, specific and don't really make sense, but because they're like weird, it works in this like sci-fi world, this world part of world world building, but doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, they, th- there are rules, but they're not going to tell you what they are. Like he ate the yeast, that now he can he can bounce well, but it's a bad yeast, so he pukes out a <laughs> huge jet of pink fluid. <laughs> this is like, oh, of course that makes sense. That's what that's the rules. <laughs> yeah, and it I think it goes back to that aesthetic choice in uh, a lot of these writers that write fantasy. You had your Asimovs where there was a lot to what the story was actually saying. You could take out whatever, spaceships, time travel, all those things, and it's still a good story. Then you had generations of sci-fi writers who are like, oh, it's crazy names, these uh, wacky principles. That's what it is. And then they never bothered having something underneath it. And that's exactly what they're making fun of with this Yeast Lords thing so well. It's so well, and I think it's hilarious that uh, Chevalier, the one workshop he teaches at this writing camp is about, you know, how to name characters. And, of course, that's the pretty much, like, one of the main things he changes about the plagiarized work uh, is giving the names. I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, like, it's just funny to me. Like, of course, that guy is going to teach, like, something that any exec almost will give you notes. Like, <laughs> would we name these people? We don't want to have two people start with the same letter, like, their names. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard like that Like Jared before. and Jerusha. 
Yeah. <laughs> Very scandalous. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, and of course, like that, that's, I don't know. I don't know. It's just so cool. Like to me, there's certain moments of like satire almost. I mean, it's just like satire in the very specific niche world. Yeah. I really, I mean, Jermaine Clement is such a, we were talking about a lot, but like he satires so many things so well. Like that scene too, where it's like, cash that check. This is what we do for. It's the money. That's why we, as writers, we do it for the money and God's earthly material gains. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's pretty funny because there's some people like that, oh, sure. Fucking great, dude. Uh, <laughs> well, is there anything else we should say before before we move on? Is there anything we haven't covered? Do we need to go through plot? I don't think it's a plot movie where we need to go through the plot. It's really not. And yeah, I, I think this would be cool as like a 30-minute short or a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of the grosser gags I feel like could have just... Because the context room is so unimportant. They should have just been like sketches, like digital shorts somewhere. Yeah, it feels like that. Uh, like it is a sketch movie in a way just with how it cuts away to the different styles of the East Lord stories and with these little scenes of breathing on necks and giving hand massages and then they have no seemingly no real consequence uh, so yeah. I could see that really messing mm-hmm. with people you don't know what the hell this movie is Oh, like what? That's, that's a huge deal like you ruined the uh, that nightgown my mom doesn't have a hundred dollars this month but and she says that, but like at no point is there ever really that the problem manifested. Like, mm-hmm. do they have to mm-hmm. not do something? We don't see it's that. Just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's right. Just there's that. no really like story. Like this story beat leads to the next. Like there's not a lot of that. Occasionally it does, but for the most part it doesn't. Hmm. And yet, and yet, we're here yeah. to watch this movie. Many of us have seen it more than once many of us i'll probably see it again i will too <laughs> see at some clicks? point i will say i will watch those chevalier clips from the movie many more times i can guarantee you this mm-hmm. is not the last i'll watch those scenes because those are just so good those are sketches you could play that for someone randomly and they'd be like oh what sketch show is this yeah it's brilliant the name of the movie is not really reflective I feel like of what this movie is. <laughs> Gentlemen <Yeah>. Broncos. <laughs> there aren't multiple Broncos. I'm not sure where a gentleman comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like almost they were like, what's the funniest way we can name this film to get the butts in the seats? Yeah. And then, oops, it, they didn't really get the butts in the seats. <laughs> once they got, they have to like shut down, I think. Yeah, I think the they theater. shut it down the first weekend or first night. They pulled it from theaters. Yeah, they should have called it the Yeast Lords, knowing mm-hmm. that uh, <laughs> uh, these guys are in the movie. It's made from Jared Hess, and it's called the Yeast Lords. Then it's like, okay, this is going to be stupid. Great, and I bet you that was one of the versions of this movie where they, it is called Yeast Lords, but then like an exec was like, it's too gross. Yeah, because, like, Gentleman and Broncos and, like, the movie poster makes me think it's going to be a little more, like, like a little bit of sunshine kind of piece for some reason. Yeah, Maybe or a lot think- more a feel-good, emotional journey kind and of thing. And also, like, a Western vibe, maybe? Oh, sure, yeah. Western, you think? I From the name, at I least. thought so. Yeah, and uh, Jermaine Clement was in quite a few things in this era that were kind of, oh, the, yeah. of the indie... I mean, he was uh, fresh off of Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. So it ended in 2009. Mm, super fresh. 
And let's see what yeah. uh, he was in uh, the. Jeez, I forget what any of these uh, movies were called, but there was an indie darling movie. I'm looking it up right now. A people, Eagle versus Shark came out a few oh, yeah. years before that. Kind of a similar yeah. looking cover, and that was just kind of a quirky oh, romance or rom com type movie. And then it kind of gave me that those vibes uh, as this movie was coming out. Like, oh, it's going to be like one of those. Mm-hmm. And then no, it's like this thing that doesn't make any sense. He's That's in a bunch a... of Avatar movies coming up. He He's is like in all of them. <laughs> Doctor Ian Garvin. So look out for that. As he um, as he should deserve that success. Yeah. Is Eagle vs Shark well received? What are the reviews on that? Because I feel like that movie is very similar to this movie. It's not gross at all, but maybe it's just as they're New Zealanders. But um. It's again pretty downplayed emotionally. It was really just indie. Like, yeah, it was an indie. People loved it in that those circles, but not like a wide, a widely okay. loved movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's a Taika Waititi film. Of course, it is. Wow, and then I mean, he's obviously for a second in What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, and then he was in Legion, I guess, which I did not watch past the. Pilot. I didn't watch it either. Um, a lot of these people were in a Napoleon Dynamite TV series, which I've never seen. Is it a cartoon, I think? I think so. He's the voice of Gantronica Love. No, Professor Kuntz in the episodes Gantronica Love. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's quite different of a name. Do you think this movie killed um, Jerusha and Jared's careers? Ooh. What have been they been up to since then? Is this the opposite of the blank check thing? <laughs> Mm. Is this their their Ishtar? <laughs> it, it could yeah. have been. Well, let's see. After Gentleman Broncos, Masterminds in 2016. That had a big cast. Uh, mm-hmm. Owen Wilson and Zach Galifianakis. Uh, not super... Uh, didn't make a lot of money, but I think it was uh, fairly well received. And then I think uh, they looks like they've just been doing TV stuff. Just for like a yeah. hot second or two, yeah. Not a lot. But I think it barely. did kind of kill their directing uh, and feature careers for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, I did see s- Don Verdeen. It was kind of boring. Which one? Uh, Don Verdeen. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2015. Again, starring Sam Rockwell. But also had like a bunch of other like pretty prominent, like Will Forte and uh, Danny McBride are in it. Jermaine Clement again, Amy Ryan. Well, yeah, but I can see just- that Will Forte, of course, like is, you know... Are made of the same, of the same cut from the same cloth as the best of the tone gifted to our society by Jared and what's his name, Narusha, Jerusha. Jerusha. Yes. Yeah. So like we, I mean, it's like I can see why they were directing on Last Man on Earth for a hot second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Will Forte was a big fan, and that TV show is one of the best of all time. Well, 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 shall we move on to the ratings where we'll express the rest of Mm. our feelings about this? Let's do it. So, everybody, what we're going to do is we're going to rate Gentleman Broncos on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as a reference. So, it can be another movie or it can be something else like Chocolate Chip Cookies are a 7 and this movie is an (laughs) 8. Or it could be something like what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to go with Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, I'll start it off there, take the easy one, that way you guys have to think of some an, another one. But Napoleon Dynamite, I think, is 
an iconic movie, like it or not. I think it does mark an era of certain comedies and styles. And even though it got hot topicified, it still deserves respect. I'm going to give that movie an 8. Gentleman Broncos. It's really hard because this is a movie of moments. It's not a good movie, but it's a good movie of moments. I think you could spend maybe 25 minutes just watching the best scenes on YouTube. And then it would make you want to watch the whole movie. (laughs) You would. And you'd be like, oh, I didn't need to do that. But still, I think those moments are so good that this gets a six. Interesting. Nice. For a man who saw this movie multiple times, trying to click, click, (laughs) and still saying that he will continue watching this movie, trying to click. I will. Six is pretty low for you. Well, I mean, I that think. six and five range is hard because you're like, I, I, it's not definitive enough. You're like, do I like it? Don't I like it? I don't know. I'll go next. Um, sure, I'll compare it to Napoleon Dynamite. I'll give Napoleon Dynamite a nine. It's a classic movie. I saw it recently again, um, like a month ago. Still held up. It was good. I had a lot of fun. Gentlemen Broncos. Mm, I would give an eight. An eight. I love this movie. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit that it's a terrible movie. All those moments are worth it. And I was never bored. I was very sad when I had to pause halfway in and walk away and then come back to this movie because I wanted to know what happens next. Nothing happens, but there's more (laughs) of the good stuff. And I actually even enjoyed the main character. Like, I enjoy watching him. Whatever his name is, shout out. Um... That actor did a great job. He's married to one of the stars of Pan 15. So, hello. He did Get something it. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, Jermaine Clements, I think it's like his performance stands alone, like, with the greats, like, Will Forte's McGruber. Like, I, I would say that it's as great a performance, just standalone performance. So, that movie deserves at least an eight. What about you, John? Wow. Well, can I first say that I'm so surprised? <laughs> <laughs> From this discussion, I did not get that you liked the movie that much. I know. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It was one reel. of those times where I misdirect everybody. I'm trying to be sneaky. Like, you once really in a while, I did. do one of those. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, so I'm not going to compare it to Napoleon Dynamite because it's been so long since I've seen be Napoleon different. Dynamite. Be different. Uh, I'm going to compare Fair. it to other satire films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's my 10, and I give this movie a 10 objectively. Compared to every movie, I give this movie a 10. Galaxy Quest. That's my 10. Oh, yes. Um, Very good movie. I'm also going to give like the floor uh, another movie <laughs> with Jennifer Coolidge, unfortunately. Epic movie. Um, uh, not a great yes. movie. Not Bad. a good movie. So that's like, like I'm going to go to like a one or a zero. I don't, I'm sure it's somewhere near the bottom. Um, How do, could I have to just say here, Galaxy Quest has recently been on my mind um, because I wanted to watch all of Alan Rickman movies, which is good luck. Ooh. It's a long, it's a Trudge long. Quigley. But it's one of the gr- but one of the great ones, right? I mean, like uh, I haven't seen Galaxy uh, uh, Quest, so I'm very excited to see it. Go ahead. It occurs to me that that Daniel Alan Rickman character sounds a bit like Jermaine Clement from this movie. Oh man, they've got similar voices like for sure. I fucking yeah. love both of them. Oh damn it. All right, go ahead. Uh, Amazon's making a Galaxy Quest show. We'll see if it's good or not. Mm. Um, Also, it has Sam Rockwell in it. Anyway, so yeah, where would I put this movie? Gentleman Broncos, I also would give it an 8, I think. Pretty close. 
to uh, yeah, Galaxy Quest. Wow. I mean, just I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to justify, but I, the good bits. I just maybe I should just download a movie somehow and cut it so I can rewatch the bits I like. You over should and do over the again. Jonathan I'd, cut. Yeah. <laughs> what would you cut out? Like like a hard pass. Um. Pretty much every. Oh, I mean, I was, I was gonna say every scene with Tabitha, but I I want to keep Tabitha, the, the hand rubbing. We hate the, Tabitha. Ooh, she hasn't worked a lot since ooh. then. I noticed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, business. as an actress, I think she's fine. The character is just mm-hmm. very frustrating. <laughs> Although I guess more it's the, it's the main character's lack of engagement with her that's frustrating. Um, yeah, she uh, uh, annoying character, challenging character who's then not like confronted by the main character is just a nuisance he's like a complete sociopath (laughs) yeah it's just annoying to watch because there's no catharsis or anything yeah i should um i should add another tangent that i think might be fun so we just mentioned galaxy quest and i remember that another reason i recently spoke about galaxy quest was i was at a party my neighbor's party and there was a guy who um ended up we ended up talking to my husband and I, and we found out that he was—he is a producer on like million amazing things, including Galaxy Quest. Like he was a producer on it. The movie. The movie. Um, oh, yeah, not uh, the upcoming show. And also the upcoming show. And oh, also the cool. upcoming show. I'm looking at his credits now. It's, so he was like he produced a bunch of stuff. Like he he produced Donnie Brasco. He <laughs> um, wow. yeah produced Rain Man. Uh, like he he, he produced like uh, no a bunch of interesting stuff and then for some reason Jay my husband was like turns to another person that's standing next to this producer guy and says oh we, uh, and also so okay he also produced what's the movie Alexandra Payne's movie Nebraska so he turns to uh, another person standing next to the producer guy, my husband, and says, what about downsizing? Did you see that movie? I fucking hated it. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at the producer guy and I what? said, Jay, like right there. I said, I think this guy, insert name, produced downsizing as well. And Jay was like, did you? And the guy said, yes. Oh. But um, that was pretty crazy. Um, and we had to climb out of that one. You got but it was to like, watch out. You gotta watch out. You don't know who you're talking to at these parties. But that, but that movie does suck. About anything. That movie sucks. It's ass. so bad. I had really high hopes for it, and I didn't see it because it got such bad reviews. And like, it's not what I want to see. I watched it? it on my, I think, 32nd birthday, and <laughs> I hate. That's one of the worst memories I've had in the last five years. <laughs> it was terrible. Worse than coronavirus. I have to say that he was oh. also a producer on Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. I mean, that guy is a fucking legend. Wow. I just like saying he knows that. How At to that do point, it. what's he do? When you're on that much stuff, what are you even doing? Apparently, you're waiting for a new baby to come with a young, hot wife. So, well, things invite are Invite me to this, one, this party next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, that was it. Uh, Shut up, I love it. About uh, a misleadingly named gentleman Broncos with multiple tangents and the returning guest Jonathan McDonald. Jonathan, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, I'll plug my YouTube channel uh, at Fohamner, where uh, I used to do a lot of video game stuff, but lately I've been trying to do at a blistering pace one sketch video every three months. So wow. holding on to that. That's <laughs> well, maybe that one day. hard to do, to be honest. 
Yeah, and you one day put it together, it'll be a movie, a sketch movie, on, not <laughs> yeah. on like gentlemen. <laughs> a whole show, a critically yeah, panned <laughs> sketch movie. <laughs> Joe, I see some narrative. Um, yeah. Joe, what's the latest with you? Hit me up, everybody. Go to joecabeo.com. At you. Uh, at Joe. At me. Email me. Uh, DM me. The, go to my new Etsy shop. You can get paperbacks of my comic book, Bottoms Up Hard Liquor. They're up mm-hmm. on there. Very uh, good prices, good portions. Check it out. Thank you, Elizabeth Solis, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this track. And thank you for listening. <laughs>